0: Welcome to Where the Lotus Grows, Getting Dirty and Growing Strong with Kimberly Searle and Tanya Drew. As Integrative Sustainable Movement Educators and Health Advocates, our goal is to provide you with evidence-based information gathered from research, experts in the field, and our personal and professional experience to help you advocate for your own health and wellness. Our mission is to collaboratively navigate the thick muddy waters of life to empower, accept, and cultivate our most authentic selves. Thank you for being part of our Courageitarian community. We're so grateful for the reviews you have written, the member support, and all the notes that you send us through social media. You can find the show notes at wherethelotusgrows.com. Our member platform is patreon.com backslash grows. And you can donate to the show and get rewards for your support. That is really the place to help us keep the episodes rolling. And uh, you're also a great place to hang out with us would be Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can subscribe to wherethelotusgrows.com. Uh, and then uh, we'll get back to you. Yeah, we're really excited to hear from you,
1: vegetarians So what's today's topic, Kim?
0: The Power of the Singing Bowl.
1: I'm very excited about this because I am the one that knows very little here and I am ready to learn.
0: (laughs) Well, we actually have a vibrational uh, therapist that works here in our studio. So maybe next time that you come down to visit, you could get a little session and I could play with Jeffa. Oh, that would be really awesome. (laughs) I would love that. It's something that my therapist
1: has recommended because there's a place, a studio near us up here um, that she she just said it, it was an amazingly um, therapeutic experience for her and suggested that I try it. So nice. I'm excited like to learn it. more.
0: Well, Ayurvedic message, message, medicine says that the body is held together by sound and that the presence of disease means that the body is not in harmony. So sound healing is a therapeutic application of sound vibration with the intention of creating a state of health and harmony. So Shaduguru means sound. And that is, they teach that in Sanskrit. So Sha means ego. Bidi means to shut off. Gu means darkness. And Ru means lift. So the translational Shadud, are sounds that are shut off or to dissolve the ego and take us from the darkness to the light. And light comes out of sound. So if you take frequency plus intention, it equals healing. Isn't that kind of cool? I love that. And Jonathan Goldman stresses that intention is a powerful part of the formula when using sound for the healing process. And that intention is the energy behind the sound. So if you're angry or sad when making a sound, despite the frequency, then the effects will be, um, you know, really delicious, right? Mm -hmm. So you also think about the fact that our body is mostly water and we know that sound is vibrational And if we know we put vibration near water, the water moves, right? Right. And so, you know, like from if we come from the lens that you and I are here, you know, we're used to things like gongs, crystal bowls, metal bowls. Um, Some bowls and, and instruments are tuned for a particular sound, like a note, and some are tuned for a vibration, like a megahertz. And if we look at kind of the holistic side of physical therapists, there's some frequency uh, healing that's going on there, whether they put the frequency in water and you drink it, or they put frequency um, modes on the body um, and put a frequency through the body um, in the physical therapy realm, they're starting to know certain megahertzes that will work with meridian lines or to reduce scar tissue um, in particular diseases. So I find it interesting the history and kind of the modern version and, and how it's all coming together. But singing bowls go back thousands of years in many cultures. So in China in royalty were the only ones allowed to possess the stones and other materials that made the most beautiful sounds. And Chinese were advanced in their knowledge of metal alloys and crafted bowls with various metals to elicit our tones. And in Japan and other parts of Asia, various metals were used to make different singing sounds and gongs and bells at temples. So, There are some bowls that dated from the 5th century BC of various shapes and sizes that were used in ceremonies, ceremonials, and the oldest known singing bowl are skull-shaped bowls from around 1100 BC, and the markers of the skull bowls understood that the shape of the skull created harmonics due to the distance between the nasal bone and the temple bone oh wow pretty neat right (laughs) yeah well and and as you were speaking and and
1: earlier when you were talking about vibration and sound resonance you know we have this conversation when we did our episode on chanting right that um the different tones that go through the body so that's really really interesting that that because if you think about chanting in the throat, but it resonates up into the skull. So mm-hmm. that's
0: just where my brain went with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first time I was experienced to a gong, I could feel that, that deep vibration uh, in my pelvis. And I could almost feel muscles kind of un- unwinding in my pelvis. Oh, wow. Uh, but it, was a, it was a more grounding uh, gong that I was listening to. Mm -hmm. But there are approximately 45 different types of singing bowls of different sizes, thicknesses, and shape. And each offer a different harmonics. So the proportion differs in each bowl, and each has a distinctive sound. And the vibrational therapist here, you know, her and I have talked about the difference between crystal bowls and the metal bowls. So crystal bowls are made out of... um, a rhinestone in the process called quartz fusion that involves heating the material to 7,200 degrees Fahrenheit. And the liquid is then molded and turned into these precise instruments. And the results of beautiful bowls of various sizes, that sound um, gets rich and intense and crystals are used for healing. They're believed to absorb human energy. And then the feedback from those energies um, is then adher- altered in form. So quartz crystal researcher, uh, Marcel Vogel, proposes that crystals emanate vibrations that can amplify the mind. And he believes that crystals influence the body and the mind because of health human tissue. is more crystalline in structure than, um, you know, kind of gilded in nature. So quartz crystal bowls vibrate at frequencies that are Uh, energetic manifestation of the crystalline structure of the bowls themselves. And I use the crystal bowls in my Thai energy healing and people say, you know, it just gets into every cell of my body and my mind, everything, like everything is absorbed by that sound.
1: Right. See, and I I haven't experienced a practice like that. I've, I've known many people who have. Um, you know, I, I think that I've been to classes where, or, or had, um, massage or whatnot where someone will, um, use it very briefly at the end of a practice. Uh, but from what I understand, like a sound bath, like it's a whole practice where it's really, um meant to resonate and really get into the body for the whole period of time. I've never really experienced anything like that immersive, I guess.
0: I've been to several uh, group sound baths. The gong Mm -hmm. is grounding to me. Sometimes when we get into the bowls, I've noticed afterwards um, that I need to wrap my cranium and my poon wrap. Um, And I'm assuming that that's part of my Vata tendency, that sometimes it can face me a little bit and I need to pressurize my cranium again. The other thing that's interesting is when I have private sound baths uh, with the vibrational healer here at the studio... um, you know, the very first time, you know, you fill out the intake and, you know, she's like, Well, I noticed that you didn't put some things down and that, but I know you personally. And I said, Well, was it wasn't on your form. And, you know, I didn't really know what you wanted me to put in the other. <laughs> but, um, one thing that, and I'm Pitta, right? So when I get a, a treatment when it's fairly new, I spend some of my time in the treatment going, well, how are they doing that? What technique are they using, right? And so right, i have evaluating. To, <laughs> right, and so a Pitta needs to have like different treatments all the time so that we were not analyzing the treatment so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing that uh, we notice is that she, when she put the bowls on my right side, right, which was not the side that was affected so much from my horseback riding accident, it had one particular tone. And my right side does tend to back up with lymph a little bit, so we're a little more fluidly. I'm a little more fluid on that side. My left side, right, was affected by my horseback riding accident. That's the side that I lost some use of. But my limp seems to flow pretty good through that side. So when she put the bowls on my body and she was working around me, there was definitely a tonal difference. And so mm. I thought, oh, I wonder if she's using a different bowl on one side versus the other. But when we were done. She said, what do you got going on on the left side? Because my bulls, it, I had to really try <laughs> to get those to strike, right? And usually they just go. And so I was like, oh, isn't that interesting? Even the bulls pick up the difference of the pathology of what, you know, happened in my being. Which that is really, really interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I didn't realize that that was a component to the practice. I assumed that it was very much your drawing from the bowl, not that the bowl is drawing from you.
0: Yeah, but everything's a give and take, right? Both both things have to show up. Right. So
1: I was supposed to go to a sound immersion, and I forget the um, instrument that the gentleman used, but it wasn't quite a bowl. It was a metal disc with... um, like different valleys in it. Like I don't want to say like divots. Um and then a, a a a wind type instrument that he blew into. I don't it was not a didgeridoo, but that's what it reminded me of. So I saw the instruments but I wasn't able to participate in the class. I had another engagement. And, and just for our listeners, I apologize, this is just sharing a little bit of um, my friend's experience. She said that during that particular, it was a sound bath exercise where they did yoga, and then during shavasana, then he played this steel drum thing and did this little blowing of this um, horn of sorts, <laughs> for lack of better. Um, and I, I'm sorry, I wish I knew what it was called. Um, but blew that near each individual participating. And it was supposed to, from what I gathered from the information prior to the event, was it was supposed to cause you know a different vibration and a in the body. Um, but I believe that it probably had some effect for each person being a little bit different for each individual. That it was played near, right? Similar yeah. to your experience with the bulls. Um, but what I found really interesting was her experience with it was she was like, I really felt agitated by this experience. It was really, I was unable to relax. Um, you know, I almost felt startled every time mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. the, the bull was struck or that not the bull, but the drum, I think is what it's um, called. Anytime that it was struck and anytime this instrument was blown, She's like, I really had, it was kind of the reverse of whatever it was supposed to be, which was supposed to be a really relaxing experience. And she said she came out of it feeling very startled and agitated. (laughs) And I found that to be really interesting, um, just based on a practice that was supposed to be very relaxing and connecting. And I wonder if it was just, and she, she expressed this to me too, that, you know, was it just me? Or was mm-hmm. it that experience? And maybe she was bringing. She questioned whether she was bringing something physically, or mentally, or emotionally to the table
0: to that experience that made that happen. You know, and it very could be because you know I, I think you and I talked about um, some PTSD stuff as children. If there is a loud noise somewhere, and maybe that particular instrument reminded her of something that happened in uh, mm-hmm. to her uh, noise wise. Uh, to bring back a trauma, but yet she didn't really have the awareness of it. So it could be something that, you know, we bring as an individual to the table. Um, I think too, you know, sometimes what the sound we need, right. Isn't the mm-hmm. sound that we would gravitate towards. Cause you know, like tends to go towards like, um, but you know, each, each instrument is different. Like, you know, I really love, um, you know, the deeper tones of a gong or a drum. I like to feel it deep down into my, you know, first and second chakras. But uh, we also know that I can tend to be a bit dry, sometimes a bit too grounded. And so I probably need those higher tones, but yet that's not always what I'm drawn to first. Right. You know, like a deeper tone might uh, move me to tears faster than something that's a little more elevated. And I think it's, you know, probably finding, you know, what works best for you. Where do you mediate in the center? One of the things too, that I found interesting in working with um, bowls privately is that I'm used to meditating. And um, at the end of my first session, she said, Oh, you almost fell asleep, but you didn't. Why not? And I said, "Well, I'm used to meditating, staying at that place just before sleep. So when I feel my self start to slip back too much, I bring myself back forward. And she said, well, I would prefer that you just fall asleep in your session. Let the bulls do the work and just fall asleep and give into it. And so that was kind of a new thing for me to think about as well. that is really interesting.
1: I, and that brings me to, um, while I was psyched to learn more about this, I did the one bit of research, Um, PubMed had a really great article that I'm going to provide for our listeners in the show notes, The Effects of the Singing Bowl Sound Meditation on Mood, Tension, and Well-Being. It's an observational study done by the um, Evidence-Based Complementary Alternative Medicine Journal in 2017. And they said, um, (laughs) interestingly enough, because I'm going to go over some of the results, but previous experience with Singing Bowl and meditation, or lack thereof, appeared to be a factor in the effects of the meditation. So participants who were previously naive to this sort of meditation demonstrated larger effects than those who were experienced in this meditation. So perhaps she was hoping that you would go a little yeah. deeper <laughs> yes. but because you but because you had more experience with it you didn't go as deep as she expected. Um, that said, this uh, very interesting study um, suggested that um, the, the tension subscale in particular displayed highly significant effects for participants post meditation, thus providing the support, the, the hypothesis that the sound of meditation would increase feelings of relaxation and decrease feelings of stress. So, um, and it additionally, depressed mood and anxiety scores on the HAD scale more significantly reduced post-meditation compared with pre-meditation. So I I think that there's um, some interesting scientific proof behind your singing bowls as well, which is something <laughs> that, you know, I, I think for a lot of folks that that's, that's what they need to hear before they're willing yeah. to participate in something like that. Or they can go into it with the open mind, but they're not necessarily... Um, sold on the relevance of it as a therapeutic modality Mm -hmm. until there's this, you know,
0: NIH publication. Yes, exactly. And I've been surprised because, you know, we have events like open house type events at the studio and um, you know, the, the vibrational therapists will have one out where they're like, Oh, you know, just stand in it and I'll go And I've been surprised the people that are afraid to feel that vibration in through their feet Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think it's being open to something new and, you know, being a sound, a vibrational therapist or sound, these, these are really expensive instruments. Like, you know, the one that you stand in is $4,500 and, you know, they'll have a dozen or more of them that they're using on the body and they'll have a variety too. They might not all have bowls. They might have gongs or prongs or, you know, drums or like you said, kind of the wind instrument. And so there's quite an investment of uh product and education and time that happens in it. But right. um yeah, I think knowing that there's some research backing it, knowing that it's been around for a long time, but there's a lot of um you know, mindfulness that goes into the practice of it, it's important. And um it's really interesting. I mean A sound bath is designed to flood the bather, right? And this harmonious Mm -hmm. sound of singing bowl vibrations. And a sound bath is like a water massage. So if you're someone that um, would like the effects of massage, but perhaps taking your clothes off isn't your thing, this is great. Because you just lay there in your comfortable clothes and you get this water massage. And considering our bodies are 70% water and that vibration travels faster through water And the vibrations created by at least three bowls or more is really massaging the body and creating this resonance in all of the cells.
1: I love that. Now it makes me want to do that. I think when, um, if not next weekend when we get together, then very soon I'm going to come down and participate in that because I think that... um, It really sounds wonderful. Just the idea of you describing it like a massage. I'm sold.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I go once a month. I'm a once a monther and I I love my, my time.
1: Nice. That's fantastic. Well, Courageitarians, if you have any experience with singing bowls, or maybe you have some questions and you want to know some more about this or any of our topics, please hit us up at wherethelotusgrows.com or any of our social media outlets, all things Where the Otis Grows. Lotus, Otis Grows. We've been talking way too (laughs) long. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) We've done a couple of episodes today. You got to do that batch work. And man, are we... We got the tongue ties. Um, where the lotus grows is the name of our podcast, and we really hope that you will find us at all things where the lotus grows. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Where the Lotus Grows. Join us in further conversations. We believe that you bring valuable knowledge to this community. You can find us at wherethelotusgrows where the lotus grows on Instagram and Facebook, or Twitter where the lotus g one because we were not on top of that one. Remember that though we are professionals in our field, the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended to treat or diagnose. Please seek the guidance of a medical, integrative health, bodywork, or yoga therapy professional for a full evaluation. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate us on iTunes
0: or your preferred podcast platform.